this entire month of December, we've been talking about this being the best Christmas ever. This being the Christmas that stands out among all the rest of Christmas that when we look back across our years that we talk about this Christmas. And that's what we started with a few weeks ago. And we have found that if this is to happen, if this is to really be the best Christmas ever, that it will not be dependent upon our circumstances. It will not be dependent upon any circumstances. We know that circumstances aren't always the best. We know that circumstances can quickly change. And if it takes all of the right circumstances for this to be the best Christmas, most likely this will not be the best Christmas ever. I've also talked about if this is to be the best Christmas ever, it will not be dependent upon our preparation. We're trained to think that in these days and we think, well, you know what? We've got it all planned out and we've got everything set in place and we've got everything done and we've rushed around all these places and we have all the preparations complete and so now this may be the best Christmas ever. I've noticed, maybe you've noticed, one of the crazy things that, that we ask each other these, these few weeks before Christmas, uh, wherever you're at, people say, have you got your Christmas done? Have you got your Christmas done? And somebody said, well, almost. I've almost got it done or not quite. We're not there yet. Still got a little bit more to do. Have you got your Christmas done? And every now and then you'll run into some super organized person who'll say, yes, I've got it done. And I sit there and think, it's seven days of Christmas. How do you have your Christmas done? And so understand, it's not a matter of circumstance. It's not a matter of preparation. Listen to me, but if this is going to be the best Christmas ever, it will be because of our worship of Christ. It will be because we see and we know and we celebrate Jesus Christ, the Lord, born on Christmas Day. This month, to help us in that, to help us gain that perspective, uh, we've looked at some specific aspects of Jesus and his birth. If you remember, we really spent about two weeks looking at Jesus as the Savior, that he is our Savior, that he was born and that he came as our Savior. And we really have determined, you know what, the reason for the season really is sin, but the remedy for the reason is Jesus. And, and when he's introduced, it says, born for us today is a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Jesus is our Savior, and that causes us to worship him. We ought to be excited. That ought to astound us. You know what? We needed a Savior, and in Jesus Christ, we have our Savior. Last Sunday night, we looked at Jesus as the Messiah, Jesus as the Christ, the anointed one of God, the promised one of God. And we, and we saw very quickly last Sunday night that, that he could not be our Savior if he was not the Messiah, and he wasn't the Messiah if he didn't come and act as our Savior. But praise God for his faithfulness. Jesus Christ is both. He is the Messiah. He is our Christ, and he comes as our Savior. I want to tell you, that ought to cause us to worship him. That ought to cause us to, to be astounded by him this Christmas. Well, today as we continue, I want us to look really at another word, at another aspect of Jesus as we celebrate Christmas this year. Today our message is entitled, The Glory of Christmas. The Glory of Christmas. We're going to look at one verse, we'll look at several more, but we'll start off with our focal verse 
Luke chapter 2, verse 14. Luke chapter 2, today, verse 14. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's word. <coughs> Luke chapter 2, verse 14, and it says this. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. I want to read that again. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today and we, we, we come into your presence today and we understand that your presence is here with us. First thing I ask is that you would prepare us to be in your presence today, that you would forgive us of our sins, that you would search our hearts, that you would convict us, that you would bring to mind any sin that would come between you and us, your ability to speak to us. And I pray that we would come and not because of our willpower, of our, of our actions, but because of the blood of Christ, that we would come into a right relationship for asking you to forgive us of our sins today. We come and I pray now as we study your word that we would understand it's not just any word, but it's the word of God. It's living and it's active. And I pray that we would hold it and we would revere it as such because of the God that spoke it. I pray that it would change our hearts, that it would change our minds, that it would impact us profoundly. And I'm thankful for the truth of your word. May we stand upon it today. We come and I pray for us that are gonna hear and learn today that, that you would move in our hearts, that we would be changed. I pray for some here that do not know Christ, that today might be the day that they put their faith in my Lord Jesus. Pray for us here as Christians that we would draw closer to you and we would leave here in this service not distracted but with our eyes set upon our Savior, Jesus Christ. We tell you we love you and we praise you. We worship you. We thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We've looked at this passage several times here in Luke chapter two, understand today, our verse today comes in the context of an angel making the proclamation to these shepherds about the birth of Jesus. Uh, very simply in this account here in Luke chapter two, this angel shows up and he says to these shepherds, this is what is going on. This is what has just happened. Then he explains it and says, and this is what it means. It's not just the event, but this is the meaning behind the event. Now for just a second, do not miss how crazy, really, this, this passage, this event is. Do not miss how radical it truly is. Now, we read this, and, we, and we've maybe put it up here somewhere, but understand, these were just shepherds. These were working men. This was just a regular day on a, on a regular job, and, and they're there, and then all of a sudden, this breaks in and happens. And so do not miss how astounding, how radical this truly is. We're gonna go back up here for just a second and just listen after the birth of Jesus is recorded in Luke uh, chapter two, the first seven verses, we find this account after the birth account starting in verse eight. Listen as I read verses eight through 12. In the same region, very near, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And, and an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terribly frightened. This is a crazy thing, an astounding thing. But the angel of the Lord said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. 
For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Verse 12. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Again, the angel comes to these shepherds at night and he says, this is what has happened. And this is who he is, this child. He is, he is our savior. He is Christ the Lord. And then he says to these guys, and this is how you will know. Now think about that for just a second. Uh, not just the information, but the confirmation of the information. He says, this is how you know this is true. He says, when you find him, there's, there's going to be a baby, a newborn baby. Now, this was just a normal night. What are the odds of, of finding a newborn baby? Not only are you going to find him, he's going to be wrapped in cloths. He's going to be lying in a manger. So not only are you going to find this newborn baby, this is what he will be wearing, and this is where and in what he will be lying. He says, this is going to be a sign to you of this truth. And so that's the angel's declaration, proclamation to these shepherds. And then we come to, our, to our verse 13. It says this, And suddenly there appeared with an angel, with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying. Now here in verse 13, this, this angel is talking and then suddenly the Bible says a multitude of the heavenly host. Now the heavenly host, that's talking about more angels. And so a multitude of these angels, a multitude of them suddenly appear. I thought it would be interesting to find out how many is a multitude. There's an angel, the glory of the Lord shines around and these shepherds are there, they're astounded. The Bible says they're frightened and then all of a sudden a multitude of angels show up. How many is a multitude? What does a multitude of angels look like? I looked it up in the Greek dictionary and it says a multitude is one more than a whole bunch. <laughs> it really doesn't say that, but it's, it is a lot of angels. A multitude of angels show up and appear to these guys. Now, see this. This is where these verses got to me. See this. Maybe this is going to help us worship Christ this Christmas. Not dependent upon your circumstances. Not dependent upon your preparations. Maybe this is going to help us worship Christ this Christmas. See this. The first beings who celebrate the birth of Jesus, the first beings who worship at the birth of Jesus are angels. Now slow down and think about this for just a second. This multitude that we find here in the Bible, they are praising God, they are angels. Angels who need not a savior. Angels who need not a redeemer. Angels whose Christ's blood will not atone for. And these angels are praising God. So how much more should we? If this is to be the best Christmas ever, we ought to try to outdo these angels. You see, we needed a savior. You see, we needed a redeemer. You see, we perish outside of the atoning blood of Jesus Christ. We should celebrate accordingly. I was thinking about this. I was wondering, I'm not sure, is it possible to out-worship an angel? 
I don't know that I've ever thought about that. Is it possible to out-worship an angel? I don't know if it is or not, but I'm gonna tell you something. We have a savior, we have a redeemer, and we ought to sure try. Now our focal verse. I think it gets better than that. Verse 14. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is well pleased. Now there's a lot of Christmas cards that have that verse on it. Maybe sometimes we've heard that verse so much we begin to overlook that verse. Listen to it again. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Now to help us understand and maybe help us see this verse a little more clearly today, I want to work through the verse backwards. I want to go to verse 14 and I want to look at the bottom of it first and then I want to work backwards up through the verse. Notice the last of the verse says this. And on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. See this today. Some have painted this in the secular world. They'll be glad to grab onto this. Some have painted this to be a verse calling for a season of peace. It's a, it's a time of peace. And they've painted it to be, well, it is Christmas and, and maybe men should be at peace with one another. And that, that'll be a generally painted picture. Let me just tell you today, this may be one result, but remember this is talking about Jesus' birth as the Messiah. This is talking about Jesus coming as the incarnate Savior to bring peace between us and God. And so to understand this, we really have to go back and understand the Savior of verse 11. We have to see this verse in light of the Savior of verse 11. You see, in our sin, we are opposed to God. You are opposed to God. In your sin, we are cut off from God. You're cut off from God. In our sin, we are enemies of God. But when the Christ comes and he acts as the Savior through Christ, we are forgiven and then we're able to have peace with God. Romans chapter five, verse one says, therefore, having been justified by faith, been set right by your faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see then where we have peace with God and it's not because of us. It wasn't because we ever got a good enough feel and we got a good enough heart and we changed our actions. It was because of Jesus Christ and, and now we have peace with God and because then you have peace with God, you can start to have peace in your, in your heart and peace in your life and, and then and only then would you ever find peace with other men. Very simply, because of the plan that starts on Christmas morning, because of the birth of a Savior, we can have peace with God. And then that brings us to the start of the verse. The multitude of the heavenly hosts worship God, and they say to these shepherds, verse 14, glory to God in the highest. Now maybe we haven't seen this. I think we're going to see it today. Glory to God in the highest. Really, this is too hard to put into words. Really, this is too hard to express with human words. Let me try this morning. Let me try to, to get us to see this picture. Get this. See this. The most glorifying thing to God, the thing that produces the highest 
amount of glory, the thing that produces the greatest amount of glory to God is the coming of Jesus into a sinful world. The thing that produces the highest amount of glory to God is the incarnation of Jesus Christ as our Savior. Now stay with me. Jesus coming as the Messiah and acting as our Savior showcases, it brings to light, it puts on center stage, it reveals the holiness, the justice, the grace, the mercy, the love of God all at one time. And that's God's plan. You see, the power of God is revealed in the creation as first seen by Adam. The blessing of God is revealed in the promise that was made to Abraham, the, the man of great faith. The justice of God was revealed in the flood that was weathered by Noah. The, the holiness of God is revealed in the law that was brought down the, the mountain by Moses. The, the provision of God is, is revealed in the wilderness as, it, as God carries his people along with the provision of, of manna and quail. The, the might of God is revealed in the battles that are fought by God as he, as he sweeps out the promised land. And, and I could go on and on. All these things are on display, but as never before and never to this extent and never at one time. Now they are seen in the incarnation of Jesus Christ at one time. And so now these angels who do not need a Savior, now these angels who cannot benefit from a Savior as they appear upon this and the glory of God is revealed, they say glory to God in the highest. That is the glory of Christmas. God's glory is fully on display. His justice, his holiness, his mercy, his grace, his love, and it exists in one person, Jesus Christ. Come to save sinful man. This Christmas, whatever's going on, this Christmas, may we worship Jesus, our Lord, the Messiah, our Savior. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come. And I'm thankful for just a simple truth that the full glory of God was on display through Jesus, is on display through Jesus. And through Jesus, we see your attributes, your beauty. We see your magnificence. We see your Grace, we, we see your holiness. We see the standard of your justice. We see the mercy and the love that saves us. We see the sacrifice that purchases us back, that the sons of men would die no more. We come and we praise you. And I pray that we would see this year the glory of God in Christmas. I pray that you've spoken to us. I pray that you continue to speak. I pray that this would, would weigh heavy upon us, that it's, it's not about anything but Jesus. And that's what we would celebrate this Christmas season. Pray for some in this room that maybe do not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I pray that today, this morning, they might put their faith in Christ. Pray for us that, that have, have done that, that we would leave here with the heart of worship and it would carry out through this Christmas season. I tell you, I'm astounded. And I love you and I praise you and I worship you, my Savior. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.